0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: To him who struck down great kings, And he slew famous kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites. Og, king of Bashan. And gave their land as a heritage. A heritage to Israel, his servant. Who remembered us in our lowliest state. And rescued us from our enemies. Who gives food to all flesh. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven, for his mercy endures for. See? Go ahead and take your seats if you will. Amen. You think God's trying to tell us something? For his mercy endures forever. Psalm 120 through Psalm 34 are known as the songs of ascent. They are also known as pilgrim songs. Because these songs were sung as the people of Israel, listen, as the people of Israel would make their ascent up to Jerusalem. You always talk about Jerusalem as up, never down. I don't care where you are geographically, Jerusalem is always up. So as the people of God would ascend up to Jerusalem during the three major feasts, which would be Pentecost, Passover and the Feast of Tabernacle, they would um, sing this song of ascent. Uh, Psalm 120 through one Psalm 134 are the songs of ascent. Um, it's during the Feast of Passover, you know that Passover commemorated Israel's deliverance from Egypt. The Feast of Pentecost commemorates God's provision at harvest time and the Feast of Tabernacle or the Feast of Booze commemorates or remembers the children of Israel's wandering in the wilderness for 40 years as they slept in booze outside um, under the stars for um, seven days straight, actually. And, you know, when I was thinking about that today, I thought to myself, during the Feast of Tabernacles, if you fast forward to John chapter 7, don't do it now, but listen. In John chapter 7, um, the high priest, um, he would take a pitcher of water at the temple, he would take a pitcher of water from the pool of Siloam. And he would walk up the steps of the Temple Mount with this big pitcher of water. And when he reached the top of the steps, he would pour the water out of the jug. And the water would flow down the steps and the people would sing songs. You know, Israel, they love to sing. Israel loved to worship. We don't. But Israel loved to sing. They loved to worship. So when they poured the water at the top of the steps, they pour the water out of the jug and the water is running down the steps. If you know your Bible, you know that in John chapter 7, it was Jesus who was standing on those steps, the Bible tells us, on that great day of the feast. And as that water is going down those steps... He yelled out, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink, and I will give him rivers of living water that, that will flow from their being. The Bible tells us he was talking about the Holy Spirit. Great chapter to read. Point number one, I want to give you three points uh, tonight regarding three reasons. You got your pen? Let me give you this. Three reasons why we ought to give thanks. Three reasons, real quick, why we ought to give thanks. Number one, we should give thanks for God's goodness. Somebody say amen. And then number two, we should give thanks for God's grace. Real easy, God's goodness and God's grace. And then thirdly, finally, we'll talk about tonight, we should give thanks for God's guidance. Give thanks for his goodness, give thanks for his grace, and give thanks for his guidance. For his goodness, somebody say it after me. For his goodness, for his grace, and for his guidance. Point number one, let's talk about it. We're to be thankful for God's goodness. I want you to look back at verse 1 in Psalm 136. Look back at verse 1, Psalm 136. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. That word Lord in the Hebrew is Yahweh. Oh, give thanks to Yahweh. We're to give thanks to Yahweh the Lord for he is good. I want you to raise your hand if God has been good to you this year. And that's, that's pretty much every one of us. That's all of us because goodness, listen, Is in the nature of God. Do you understand that God can't be anything but good? Because it is in his nature. Goodness is in his nature. When we use the word good, we mean right, fair. Uh, For example, if you say you did a good job, it's not the same as saying you did a great job. Or you did a fantastic job. Or you did an excellent job. If I tell someone that that was a good meal, it's different if I say it was a fantastic meal. The biblical definition for good is a high standard of moral quality. A biblical definition of good is a high standard of moral quality. In the Bible, goodness equates with God's holiness and God's attribute. We serve a God. I don't know who's excited about that, but we serve a God who can only be good. Because it's in his nature. It's an attribute of God. God is good in his character. In other words, God is good and cannot be anything but good. God is the standard of goodness. Not only is good in his character, but he's good in his conduct. Because God is good, all that he does must also be good. The Bible says we're not good. As a matter of fact, some of y'all are bad. Amen. We're not always good, but our Lord is always good. Everything good in life, family, health, happiness, comes from the Lord. I think of James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. No variation means he's always good. There's no shadow with God. In other words, he's not shady, Uh, amen. He doesn't have a dark side. He's always good. God is good not only in his character and in his conduct, but also in his care. The fact that God cares for us is an amazing thing. God cares for us so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for us. Somebody once said that he died that we might live. And I might even submit to you that that's what Thanksgiving really is all about. The fact that... I'll wait while you clap your hands there. The fact that he died, that we might live. Man, what more, what more could we be thankful for? We live because of him. He's good in his, in his care. Look at uh, verse 10. Fast forward to verse 10. God is good to Israel, to him who struck Egypt in their firstborn. Now, you know the story. God told Moses to tell Pharaoh to, anybody know? Let my people go. You know that. And Pharaoh refused and God killed the firstborn in Egypt. Everyone who did not have the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and the lintel. Most of you know Israel's past, don't you? They were without culture and homeland for almost 2,000 years. People throughout time have tried to kill them. Pharaoh tried to wipe them out. Haman made gallows. Herod tried to butcher the babies. Hitler tried to exterminate them. But God showed them mercy. And he brought them out of bondage of the slavery of Egypt. And he brought them through the wilderness as they wandered in the wilderness. God took care of them. God took care of them. He fed them. Water from a rock. That's a miracle. Their shoes didn't wear out. For 40 years, parents, would it be so? Would to God... Would to God, especially y'all God, especially y'all that have those kids in the like the 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, nowadays they stay home longer, age. Their feet grow every other day. I mean, have you noticed the kids are like in ninth grade and their feet are like 15? It's ridiculous, they're boats. But would to God. That their feet didn't grow, or when they did grow. See, we don't know, think about that miracle. Think about that miracle, all right? You wanna argue with the Bible? Think about that miracle. Their feet either didn't grow out of their shoes, or as their feet grew, which is probably more likely, God allowed the shoe to grow with it. Either way, it's a miracle. You know, people try to, oh, well, I don't know about the miracles of God. I'm not. Well, did they cross the Red Sea? Was it a half an inch of water? I think it was the Reed Sea with a half an inch of water. And they all died. Look, either way you look at it, whether it was 17 feet of water or it was a half an inch of water, either way, the Bible teaches Pharaoh's army died. And if, in fact, they died and they were drowned in a half inch of water, that means it was even a greater miracle. So, so, so stop it. There's my theological point. Stop it. God took care of them and God provided them for them and he brought them into the promised land. And God expected his people to be thankful. And listen, God wants us to be thankful as well. Because he brought us out of whatever bondage we were in and he set us free. Somebody clap your hands and say that's right, Pastor. Look at verse 12. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, he will bring us through as well. Point number two, we should be thankful for God's grace. Look at verse two. He is the God of gods. That word, God, is Elohim. The first word, God, is Yahweh. The second word, or Lord, is Yahweh. The the, the second one in verse two is Elohim, E-L-O-H-I-M, Elohim. Compared to the gods of that day that were cruel and sacrificed their children, our God is a God of grace. He's the God of gods. Verse 3, he is the Lord of lords. Then that word, Lord, stay with me, is the Hebrew word, Adonai. Adonai. Did you, did you get that? We have three Hebrew names for God in three verses. Yahweh, Elohim, and Adonai. Yahweh, verse one; Elohim, verse two; Adonai, verse three. We're to give thanks to the God of gods. Listen, it's not just enough enough to give just give thanks. Everybody gives thanks to something. Amen. Some people say I thank my lucky stars. Some people say thank I I, I thank good. some people say I thank thank goodness. You hear somebody say thank goodness. Who's that? Oh, thank goodness. Child, thank goodness. Yes. Thank thank goodness. Knock on wood. Thank goodness. Who's that? People, everybody thinks something. It's not just enough to give thanks. The Bible says that we are to give thanks to God. It's not just enough to give thanks. We're to give thanks to God and not only to God, but to the God of gods. He's the God of gods through every storm. He's the God of gods through every sorrow. The God of gods through every situation. The God of gods through every lost job. The God of gods through every lost loved one. The God of gods through every bankruptcy. Through every lost home. Through every lost son. He's the God of gods and nothing is too hard for God. And whatever you're going through, you need to be thankful because he's the God of gods. Amen. And then look at verse 4 through 9. They could give thanks for his creative acts. In verses 4 and 5, he does great wonders and shows wisdom when he made the heavens. Verse 6, he laid out the earth above the waters. Verse 7, on the fourth day, notice Of creation he made great light, sun to rule by day, stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. Somebody once wrote this, I love it. I try to read it as often as I can actually. I am thankful for the taxes I pay, because it means I'm employed. The clothes that fit to a little too snug, because it means I have enough to eat. The lawn that needs mowing, windows that need cleaning, and gutters that need fixing, because it means I have a home. The spot I find at the far end of the parking lot, because it means I'm able to walk. The heating, the huge heating bill, because it means I'm warm. I'm thankful for all the complaining I hear about the government, because it means we have freedom of speech. The lady behind me in church who sings off-key, that means I can hear. (laughs) Maybe not. The pile of laundry, that means... I have loved ones around me. We have much to be thankful for. Point number three, and finally, we should be thankful for God's guidance. You know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, one of them is in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Very familiar memory verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. If you're thankful and grateful and trusting, God will give you wisdom in how to handle every difficulty. He'll give you wisdom on how to handle every disappointment. He'll give you wisdom on how to handle every decision that you have to make in life. But you have to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Are you listening? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Don't get so busy this season that you don't acknowledge him. People get busy wrapping presents and buying presents and getting stuff for people and gifts for Pastor Rodney and all of these (laughs) all of these things that occupy your time. Don't forget to be thankful and don't forget to trust in the Lord. I want to read one more verse with you. And then we're going to do a couple of songs of worship and I'm going to let you out of here. Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 100. Psalm 100. And I really mean 100 this time. Not 1, 100. Psalm 100. I love the Psalms. If you guys know me, whenever you catch me just reading the Bible, you will catch me in the Psalms. Catch me in prayer meeting, you'll catch me in the Psalms. I absolutely love the Psalms. For one, the Psalms are songs. They were written as songs. David would sit out in the wilderness and out on the mountain uh, by himself with just him and the Lord and the sheep. And he would just write these, these songs and just singing to the Lord. And if you've been with us on Wednesday night... I guess that, that was one of the things that was very striking to me as we went through 1 Samuel. We're done with 1 Samuel now. We'll pick up 2 Samuel after the first of the year. But one thing was striking to me was how far as David was in Ziklag, remember? And it was, it was striking to me how far he had gotten from God. And I often in the white space would think, doesn't he remember when he would just sit on the mountain and with the sheep walking around, and he just sitting there with the lear, writing these songs. And that had to be somewhere in his memory. And now, later, we found him in Ziklag, among the Philistines in the flesh. Thank God he came round by chapter 31. And amen. And, uh, amen. and uh, so, uh, Psalm 100 is one of those songs And if you look at the foreword, if you will, the heading it says a Psalm of Thanksgiving, Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. Y'all come on, read it with me. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands, and serve the Lord. Don't you love that? Notice it doesn't say sadness. Says what, saints? Serve with gladness and do what? No. Lord, he is God. Come on. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. You know, as we we're reading this, I just, a thought just came to me. Tomorrow. You guys know I'm all about tradition. I like to make traditions. Um, you know, for Christmas in my house, for those of you who've been around here, you know, Christmas in my house, we start the day. First thing you get out the bed, you do what? Brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. Amen. <laughs> Second thing we do is we read the Christmas story. Before we open presents. You're not going to open presents and not give God glory and give him time and take the time to read the Christmas story. My children will tell you. We've always done it that way. I love routines. I love traditions that build memories. And then when your kids grow up, they say, oh, we did it this way. And they'll do it that way with their children. Here's one for us. Tomorrow at Thanksgiving, if, especially if people are coming to your house. Now, you really have freedom if they come to your house. If you go on to somebody else's house, you might have to be a little bit iffy on this, alright, but if they come to your house, that's a whole different thing. Before we cut into the turkey, we're going to read Psalm 100, and then we're going to pray, and then we cut into the turkey. Now, if you go to somebody's house, you, you might want to be respectful and ask them, can you read it? And if they say no, just go on and read it anyway. <laughs> and then by the time they know what hit them, the word of God already slapped them upside the head, and we we're good to go. We're ready to eat. The Lord is good. Somebody say, Amen. No, notice verse one. Look at verse one really quickly. It says, Make a joyful noise and make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Or so some of your Bible says, All the earth. And the last verse, notice the last verse of Psalm uh, 100 speaks to all generations. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. The significance and the importance of thanksgiving is so deep and so wide that it applies to every person in every generation who ever lived. Notice in Psalm 100 and verse 3, know that the Lord, he is who, saints, and it is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. The basis of thanksgiving is the Lord. Thanksgiving is not about the turkey. Somebody say amen. Not about the cranberry sauce and the sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie or whatever you, wherever you prefer. The basis of Thanksgiving is the Lord. It is he that made us, and we didn't make ourselves. I think of Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes from which comes my help. My help comes from the Lord. Where will we be without the help of the Lord? Somebody say amen. Where will we be without the goodness of the Lord? Where will we be without the love of the Lord? Where will we be without the faithfulness of the Lord? The basis of Thanksgiving is the Lord. Somebody once said, count your blessings and name them one by one and look and see what the Lord has done. Don't allow tomorrow to be consumed with food and football and family and the following day shopping. Uh, m- m- tomorrow you could probably go shopping. Nowadays stores are opening on Thanksgiving, Which is like, what? They're opening like on Thanksgiving. Can you give us one day to save a dollar? (laughs) They're opening on Thanksgiving. It's crazy nowadays. And of course, Black Friday, people are getting up at like, oh, dark 30 to to rush into Walmart to get what? The stuff they had in the back from last year. (laughs) Amen. Somebody got to speak the truth in love. Thanksgiving is about the Lord. Read this and I'll leave you with this. How to observe Thanksgiving. Count your blessings instead of your crosses. Count your gains instead of your losses. Count your joys instead of your foes. Count your friends uh, instead of your woes, pardon me. Count your friends instead of your foes. Count your smiles instead of your tears. Count your courage instead of your fears. Count your full years instead of your lean. Count your kind deeds instead of your mean. Count your health instead of your wealth. Count on God instead of yourself. I love that, don't you? I love that. Paul told us in in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the perfect will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything give thanks. That literally means in the Greek. I'm going to leave you right here. That literally means in Greek. I know I said that, but I really mean it. I'm going to leave you right here. That literally means in the Greek, keep on giving thanks. It's written in the present perfect tense. It means keep on giving thanks in every situation. Keep on giving thanks in every occasion. Keep on giving thanks for all circumstances. Give thanks. Why? Because God uses all things. He works all things together for good to those who love God and to those who who are called according to his purpose. So give thanks to God. Tomorrow, give thanks to God. Consider, before you have your dinner, read a verse. Psalm 100 is five verses. Pray, eat, and enjoy. If you visit someone's (laughs) house, ask them, do they mind? Most people don't. Even if they don't read the Bible themselves, they don't really mind. Most people think, you know what? It can't hurt. I've I've, I've asked non-believers, atheists, do you mind if I pray for you? And in desperate situations, they'll say, sure, it can't hurt. I'm going, you're right, it can't hurt. It'll only help
0: because our God is a good God, right?